I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back. Chase Thomas Podcast, taping this on a Monday afternoon, a first-timer with one of the best setups we've ever done here on uh, on the YouTube page. So it's a treat because like, it makes me look back because like, I just got this glare behind me and all this makeshift studio. And then we got uh, Matt O'Leary, uh, who has done a great job covering the Jets for many years and great YouTube channel, great podcast, Just Jets. Um, so he does that. You get the aisles. You're all over the place. You've got the the Kevin James special where it's just the the, the that kind of group. You know the the Jets, Mets, and uh, and and uh, aisles and all that sort of thing. It's just uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool. So uh, Matt, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Doing good, man. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show today. Well, again, thank you for being here, and I'm excited to talk a little Jets here because look, the Jets. Um, Unfortunately, as you and all your Jets listeners know, uh, because the Kings did make the playoffs and have uh, ended that drought here this season, the Jets now have the longest playoff drought here. I, when I saw that, it, it caught me off guard because it just doesn't feel that long ago. The Rex Ryan era does not feel... I mean, it just... It, I had to double, double check that where I was like, that can't be right. There's no way. Does it feel like that long of a time as a Jets fan? It's starting to now. It, mm. it really is. It's uh, it's very different. Like I have a hard time explaining to people what my Jets fandom's been like because the first half of my life versus the second half of my life very different. Mm. F three AFC Championship games, ninety eight, oh nine, twenty ten. They obviously didn't win a Super Bowl, but they were like pretty much every other year. We're like in the mix in a playoff mm. spot, um, and we're for the most part like a normal functioning like franchise. Second half, very, very different uh, mm. from 2012 onwards. Uh, they've been mostly irrelevant, just uh, mistake after mistake. Now, finally, it feels like they're trending in the right direction. And I think that playoff drought will be coming to an end very soon here, hopefully. But uh, it's starting to feel like a long time and Jeff fans are getting frustrated and rightfully so. Well, that's my first question for you. What is to happen this season for the Jets playoff drought to end? Yeah, they just need consistency at the at the quarterback position. I mean, last year, if they had even average or slightly below average quarterback play, they're probably a playoff team. Mm. Unfortunately, they had probably the league worst quarterback play um, between, you know, they rotated Mike White, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco with injuries and ineffectiveness. Started seven and four. Defense is absolutely elite. You have some nice young playmakers on the offensive side of the ball with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Uh, really, the only thing missing is a quarterback. And you would hope that when you acquire a guy 
uh, like Aaron Rodgers, that should really change the trajectory of of your team here. Uh, and I think you know if he plays like if he's MVP level Rodgers, great. That that puts you in a spot where you're a legit contender. But even if he was somewhere in between what he was last year and what we know he can be, then I think the Jets, without doubt, should be a playoff team. That has to be the expectation for this team. Were you surprised he moved off LaFleur? And do you think you get Rodgers without Hackett being in the fold here? Yeah, um, I think I definitely think Hackett helps the situation. Hmm. I, I don't think if LaFleur is still here, I have a hard time buying that Aaron Rodgers wants to come. I think it's been hmm. well established how well or how much he respects Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I at the time, like I didn't love the LaFleur firing. Now he wasn't great, but there were also a lot of things that uh held this team back in addition to the play calling. The the quarterback play was a big part of it, not being able to hit open receivers. Like guys were being schemed open. The quarterback was just missing them. So he kind of got into the chicken or the egg argument. Mm-hmm. But when you regress that badly and your second year quarterback doesn't take that step, someone's gonna pay the price, and it was him. So um i at the time didn't like wasn't like oh he has to be fired Mm -hmm. i get it i understand why they moved off him and no one's gonna be you know crying because they moved on from him but uh it did feel like a little bit of a quick hook but it set you up in a spot where you could potentially land an aaron Rodgers. i think that is true um did you like the elijah moore trade and did you see it coming i didn't on both uh accounts now Mm. He did request a trade in season on a, when they were on a win streak, a four-game win streak. So that was uh, extremely frustrating to see. But it felt like the biggest issue was he was butting heads with LaFleur. So mm-hmm. once he moved on from LaFleur, it felt like, at least to me, okay, LaFleur is out. Elijah Moore, he's the, you know, the young guy. Let's see what he looks like with a legitimate quarterback in here. It's someone they took at the very top of the second round. They made it very well known that they had a first-round grade on him. Uh, and they, it was him and a third round pick to get a second. So it was you essentially, you know, pick swap there a little bit. And the value is essentially a, a third round pick you're getting back for, uh, Elijah Moore, which I don't know based off production, how much more you would have been able to get for him in a trade, but I would have rather bet on the guy that you had, you know, listed as a first round talent who's still young that hasn't played with a consistent quarterback yet. Uh, I understand why they did it. I think they really want to have that second round pick, assuming they're going to move one of the two second round picks they now have in an Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, I, they they have a big need on offensive tackle and center. Those would be the two positions I would expect them to attack in the first couple rounds of the draft. And I think it's uh, a mix of them, you know, being able to add a, a Mecole Hardman in free agency who's kind of like a poor man's version of what you could expect Elijah to be. Uh, and then also getting that second rounder to potentially, you know, help out your offensive line and protect uh, a veteran quarterback. I, again, I get why they did it. I just didn't love the process. Who had Denzel Mims being a jet longer than Elijah Moore? Yeah, uh, that's a great, that's a great point, man. Uh, Denzel over the last couple of years has been pretty much a non-factor. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he flashed a little bit as a rookie. He was someone that I liked coming out of Baylor, but for whatever reason, just hasn't clicked. But you're you're right. Him getting a, another look here over a guy like Elijah Moore, who you know at times, especially as his rookie year, I thought looked good. But 
for whatever reason, they decide to move on. And that's the NFL sometimes. It is interesting too, like Elijah, like knowing that, um, I, I wonder too, do you think part of it, it's like Randall Cobb's coming, Alan Lazard's coming where he's looking at the writing on the wall, not even just the little floor moving on. It's like, that's nice, but, and it's also nice to get the quarterback upgrade no matter, like no matter how many different scenarios I think we can forecast, like how Aaron Rodgers will play, um, this year in New York, it's like none of the scenarios are worse than what we saw from the quarterback position uh, a season ago in uh, New York. So I guess I, I just I wonder what those conversations were like with Joe Douglas and Elijah Moore and his camp, because it's like, can, can you give us the summer or was he like, look, Randall Cobb's going to be getting some snaps here. Al Lazard's going to be getting a lot of snaps here. Denzel Mims is still on the roster. Um, there's just there's a lot of dudes that are coming in. Like you said, Michael Hardman, like. I, I don't know. Do you think it was just past the point of no return or would you kind of like you said, where it's just the process was wrong and they should have gone about this differently. And also from Elijah's camp, he really should have just waited a little bit longer to see what this, how it all unfolded, because I think he's still a really good player. And I think he could have been a really good piece um, to this Jets team this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I was, you know, expecting him to have a nice bounce back year this mm-hmm. year. But, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe behind closed doors, it was, past the point of no return and they're saying look we're gonna have you know some new receivers in here and there's gonna be a lot of mouths to feed and if he was unhappy last year when <laughs> you know, the team was playing well and winning games and sure he wasn't getting the ball but the Jets were winning you know what's it gonna be like when you add in Alan Lazard and you know Randall Cobb potentially they've been linked to Odell and if he yeah. brought in like there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense and if he's gonna be you know, a, a pain again this year, maybe it's not worth it from their perspective. I think that absolutely has to be, you know, something that you bring into consideration with this. And Rodgers definitely prefers his vets that he trusts. And if he doesn't uh, trust Elijah from their summer ca- workout or early fall camp, then it's like, oh, well, the writing's on the wall. This is going to be an unhappy marriage. It's already been unhappy. Um, speaking of the wideouts, though, the three wideouts who play the most will be who next year if you had to guess who gets the most snaps the three wide out spot uh in that personnel grouping who do you think it is as of right now yeah as of right now i would think it would be garrett wilson alan lazard and miko hardman i do Mm -hmm. think they would look to add another receiver though um i would be surprised if they go into uh you know the the opening of the season and that's what their trio is i think they will look to add a veteran, whether it's Odell. That's been someone that they've been linked to a lot. There's been a lot of smoke with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is an interesting name as he might end up getting released by Arizona. Um, so just to adding a, another veteran in here. Um, you know, with, with Garrett, he had such a great rookie year, one offensive rookie of the year with really you know poor quarterback play. I, we all can't wait to see what he can do with a guy like Aaron Rodgers and the kind of numbers that he could put up. Lazard I, is someone that, I mean, you mentioned it, guys that, uh, Rogers trust that's some very someone who's very up high on the list he does a lot of the little things right too like he's a really big factor in the run game as a blocker which I don't know no one wants to talk about that as a as a wide receiver but uh, I think that is really a big uh, factor here and uh, I would say probably Hardman three I I don't think Corey Davis is on the roster when the hmm. gets underway I think he's either a part of this Rogers deal as a as a throw-in supposedly they really wanted to try to trade for him last year at the deadline Hmm. Uh, or he could just be a, a cap casualty. They free up, I think it's $10.5 million if they were just to outright cut him. So um, if you need space down the line, it wouldn't shock me if they moved off him. 
it's interesting. Maybe that's the final piece to get Green Bay off the first round pick. It's like, hey, here's the here's a former first round pick um, in Corey Davis. Maybe this is a, a good buy low option um, for him. That's that's fascinating. Um, can the Jets still trust Mikai Becton at right tackle? Uh, has the ship sailed? Can they really go into another year counting on him as your everyday starter? Like, where where are you at with Mikai? So that's a really complicated one because when he's on the field, he's a very good football player. Mm-hmm. The issue is he hasn't been on the field for the last two years. He missed all of last year with an injury and he got hurt in the first game of the season in 2021 and then never returned. So I don't think you can go into the season and be like, okay, Makai is for sure either our left or our right tackle. Mm-hmm. I think if you get anything out of him, that's great. He's lost a ton of weight. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. And, you know, like I said, when as a rookie, when he played, he was really, really good. It's just a matter of health. And I think, you know, based on what he's shown you the last two years, you can't bet on him remaining healthy. But if he does, then that just really adds just an an extra wrinkle of how good this offense could uh, really be if he's in there and, you know, blocking to his potential as a as a run blocker, he's excellent um and getting Brees hall back and opening up that that run game i think would be huge uh and makai could potentially be a big part of that but uh, you can't go into the season and say he for sure is our starter based on the last two years do you want him to go offensive tackle in the first round because of this yeah 100 i think mm-hmm. at, at 13 i think it's extremely important there's three offensive tackles um that i like at the at the mm-hmm. top first round in in Johnson, Skaronsky, and Broderick Jones. If one of those three guys are the pick at 13, I'd be thrilled. Uh, you just have a lot of question marks at the tackle spot. You talked about Becton. Dwayne Brown is 38 years old and coming off surgery this offseason. And Max Mitchell, who was a rookie last year, a fourth-round rookie who came in and played a little bit and was okay, um, had a season-ending injury. Well, not an injury, but a health Uh, risk with blood clots so we don't know what he's going to look like coming back this year so i think it's important to improve the offensive line and to me 13 is a no-brainer that it has to be one of those three guys if they're sitting on the board do you think the jenna williams for makai swap was real no i don't really think that one makes a whole lot of sense for Hmm. the the jets anyway because supposedly jonah doesn't want to play right tackle that's a big Hmm. reason he's on the market um so if he's someone who's going to come in and, and you have to play him at left tackle he's more expensive um he struggled really bad last year he let up a ton of pressures and a ton of sacks uh i I don't think it would would have made sense i know both guys you can make the case they probably just need a fresh start but i think if you're betting on one of those two guys i'd rather bet on becton even though he hasn't been healthy because when he is he's unquestionably a better player now that you've had a couple years, and I mean, it seems like this may be Joe Douglas's best strength is the draft and identifying talent um, in that way. Like, what do you think he ultimately does? You talked about the three offensive tackles that you would like. Do you think that's how he would go about it? Do you think that's where his head's at too? Do you think there's a chance they go just playmaker? Do they just go BPA? Like, where where do you think they actually go? If they're able to, like, we should go. I think they keep that pick. I don't think the Packers are going to get that first round pick. So let's just operate under the assumption that they don't give that up in the Aaron Rodgers deal. Where do you think they go? Not necessarily where you want them to go based on what we've seen from Joe Douglas. Yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen from Joe Douglas, one of the big things when he first came in, in here was that he wanted to come in and fix the the offensive line. Mm. Uh, and he's taken a lot of swings at at doing it. You know, he drafted Mekhi back in the first round. He traded up for for Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, you know, there's been opportunities for him uh, to really fix it. But I think he realizes 
how big of a need uh, it is. I, I, wide receiver is a popular choice for the Jets at 13 just to really add weapons and put this team kind of over the top. But I'd be really surprised even after trading Elijah Moore if they did that because that would be the fourth straight year now, right? 20, 21, 22, and 23. Fourth straight year that they would use either a first or second round pick on a wide receiver with hmm. uh, Mims, Moore, Wilson, and then you know whoever yeah. this year. Uh, I, I just don't see them going back to the well at that position, especially when you consider the injuries at the offensive line last year was really such a key factor um, to this team. They It felt like every week they were playing with a different five guys. And, you know, I, I don't see how you can go into this year and be a guy who, you know, former offensive lineman himself, someone who preaches the trenches, offensive and defensive line, and then not go that route. That would be very surprising for me. If Bijan's there, would you be surprised if they went Bijan at 13? Yeah, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I really would. Um, especially because you have Brees Hall. I know he's coming yeah. back from, from an injury, but that would see, I don't know what his strength would be. Bijan's strength would be mm -hmm. with the offensive line that poor in front of him. I think it would make more sense to assure that up than, you know, add another uh, weapon like that. Sounds like they should not overthink it and just go my guy Darnell Wright, who was just awesome, played primary, primarily uh, right tackle here at UT this fall. Like 13 would be high. Maybe you can trade down and get him a little bit later. But Darnell, you, he's plug and play. Four-year starter here at UT. I think he's going to be a really good pro. And you just kind of like he's the antithesis of um, Becton, where it's like Beckham, Becton is tantalizing more upside. But like you said, missed the last two years basically with injury. Darnell doesn't miss time. Darnell plays. He'd be solid right away. And when you have so much pressure uh, to really get this all right for uh, New York this fall, some jobs on the line, maybe even Robert, Robert Salas, like you might want to just play like not it's not even really just play it safe, but just like bet on just the high, high floor versus just the the uh, ambiguity with some of those guys like Paris Johnson, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there in in a trade down spot. I mm. don't know if I would take him at 13, but there's absolutely a world where the Jets could trade back. You know, considering you're going to give up picks to get Rodgers if they want to mm. play more, which is something that you know you mentioned to yourself. Joe Douglas usually likes to build through the draft. That's his thing. So if he does want to move back, that's absolutely a target. I agree. I think he's uh, better suited on the right side. I don't look at him as a as a left tackle at the next level, but. I agree. I think he's someone who could come in and give you a steady right tackle play right away. There you go. Uh, final question for you. Free agency is basically done, Matt. Um, there will be some odds and ends here uh, as they like, you know, Odell and guys like that. But by and large, it's complete. What grade would you give the Jets um, for their offseason uh, free agent decisions to this point? Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to assume that Rodgers is a part We're of it. We're going to say he's in the boat, yeah. Like, hey, let's just throw Rodgers in there. Yeah, so then I I would think A-, a something like that. Mm -hmm. I think you improve the quarterback position that much. You add a really big wide receiver in Alan Lazard. Sure, he's not an 1,000-yard guy, but he does the little things right. They really need a red zone threat, um, someone who could high point the football, stuff like that. Um, the reason why it's not an A for me is there's a couple of spots where I would have liked them to add some veteran depth. Uh, center and interior defensive line is two of those spots. Um, and there's a chance you could still, you know, pick up on the second or third wave of free agency. Uh, some depth, like Ben Jones is still available hmm. at center. Uh, on the interior defensive line, I know, you know, Calais Campbell uh, just signed, but uh, you have 
Uh, Matt Ioannidis is someone that I'm keeping an, uh, an eye on uh, who they can look to add depth. But overall, I think the biggest thing was you have to find a different answer at quarterback because you can't go into an important year for both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and this team with Zach Wilson, who uh, really hasn't looked good through the first two years of his career. They needed a veteran. They're taking a really big swing on Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I like the idea. You have a really young roster who, you know, they have a nice little window here where they're all on their rookie contracts and you could bring in a veteran to try to, you know, take advantage of this window. I, I really like the the play here. And I think they've done a pretty good job at, you know, getting this roster to a point where they could be competitive once you land Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Matt, how do the good folks keep up with your work and everything you got going on on the YouTube front, podcast front, everywhere else? Yeah, so you can follow along on YouTube and social media at Matt O'Leary NY. We're talking Jets. We like to keep it light, have a good time. Uh, so I appreciate it if you guys would check it out. There you go. Matt, great meeting you. Great uh, having you on the program today. Keep up the great work, sir, and we'll have to check back in again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm -hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.